Hello and welcome to Inside Maine. This is Angus King. Today we're talking about an issue of dramatic importance to our visitor and tourism industry. It involves temporary worker visas for people coming to help us uh, handle the influx of tourists to Maine in the summertime. Uh, first with us, we have Steve Hewins. Steve is the president and CEO of the Maine Innkeepers Association and the Maine Restaurant Association. Uh, started that job in 2016. Steve's been around for a long time. He built uh, Hewins Travel into one of uh, Maine's largest uh, travel agency back in the 1980s. And uh, now he's still in the business of travel, but he's helping to welcome people to Maine. Steve, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. The, the issue we want to talk about, uh, Steve, uh, you don't hear about all that much, but it's of really crucial importance to our uh, tourism and visitor industry in Maine, the H-2B visa program. Tell us what that's all about and why it's important. Well, it is really important. Of course, in Maine, we have still somewhat of a seasonal tourism economy. It peaks beginning roughly now through the end of October, and we just don't have enough uh, workers in Maine to be able to fill the amount of jobs that are needed. So the program offers the opportunity to bring in temporary foreign workers under uh, a couple of different programs in order to fill those needs of uh, jobs that, that we have but uh, are causing now serious problems because the unfortunate factor was the cap was reached on the visa program, so not allowing any more presently to come in to the to the state, and it's causing some real problems for some real folks here in Maine. Well, a couple of things you mentioned, cap. This, The way this law works, this is a federal law, and there is a, a hard cap. I think it's 66,000 of these visas for the entire country uh, for the year. And once those that number is reached, then the door shuts. And even if you're a Maine business that desperately needs uh, four or five people to uh, meet the needs of your guests, you're, you're out of luck. That's basically the way it works. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And in Maine, Currently, uh, about 90,000 people are in the uh, hospitality industry in Maine, uh, 90,000 jobs. Roughly 10% of those jobs are filled with uh, foreign ter temporary workers, either through the H-2B program that you just referred to, Senator, and, uh, or the J-1 student visa program. So between those two programs, roughly 9,000 workers fall into that category. And as you pointed out, it's really impacting the small restaurants and inns. Um, I, mean, I even have a couple of examples, like the the Pentagoet Inn, a beautiful place up at Castine. They cannot even open their restaurant because they don't have the kitchen staff and the and the servers that they had planned on uh, having because they weren't able to get them and, under the program. And, and, and that answers the key question, because when I talk to people in Maine about this, they say, why should we let in foreign workers are taking away Maine people's jobs? But mm. at, at, at the Pentagoet and at probably dozens, if not hundreds, of other places, if they don't oh, yeah. have the temporary workers, they have to lay off their, their main workers. Well, that's right. And that, see, there are others that, for instance, at the Pentagon, that they would be in the restaurant that are residents of the area around Castine. If he doesn't open the restaurant, nine jobs are lost. So there's the impact that goes beyond even the, the, uh, the concern that people's jobs are being taken away. They're actually losing other jobs because of the uh, lack of the Foreign temporary workers, and as you mentioned at the beginning, it's the nature of the of the visitor business in Maine that it peaks dramatically in the in the summertime. And I, I I've heard various numbers: uh, yeah. four or five million people uh, come into Maine, and and uh, it just you, you can't handle them with your full time staff. No, that's right. And you know, 
as you know, as you well know, I mean, we're faced in Maine with historic uh, unemployment rates right now at 3%, which, according to Maine... Historically is, low. Yes, historically low. I just read in Maine Biz magazine this week that uh, since they've been keeping records since 1976, this is the lowest unemployment rate we've ever had. So you got that combined with somewhat of our aging workforce, people, more people retiring than are entering the workforce. You know, you've got all these factors pushing together. And overlaid over the top of this is we've gone through two straight record years of tourism in Maine. I mean, 2016, um, tourism was up 6.4%. Actually, I'm sorry, restaurant and hotel sales were up 6.4%, wow. which was on top of a record 2015. So we've got this. That's you know, because uh, I've been working very diligently down here on improving the weather in the summer. It's, it's paying off. <laughs> wonderful work. Wonderful work you're doing on behalf of me. Yes, yes. I well, will. you know, we've gone through a kind of a difficult spring here, but I, the weather's finally starting to turn. I, I know we're going to have these intersecting curves. You know, we've got more people coming in and more pressure on jobs that, that we're really, I mean, long term, we have to we have to have a structure, change the structure to solve this problem. But right now, um, we've got an acute situation with this, this situation. Well, let me, let me give you a, a bit of an update. One of the interesting things about this issue is it's utterly bipartisan down here. My prime partner in working on this uh, is a guy named Tom Tillis, who's a Republican senator from uh, North Carolina, and then a group of others uh, uh, across the country, all of whom have a very similar kind of situation. We, Tom and I put in a bill uh, uh, back in March as this was starting to perk, and one of the things that is in the bill would be uh, to exempt returning workers from the cap. Uh, yeah. So if you brought somebody back who was with you last year, they wouldn't uh, apply under the cap. That would have been an easy quick way to fix this. Uh, Senator Collins is also a, a, a supporter of that of that bill. We've also sent letters. Now, here's what happened since. Remember, uh, two or three weeks ago, we passed a, a, a interim, or not an interim, but a final budget for this, for this year, and there was right. language in that that allows the administration to raise the cap uh, Right away, just by the stroke yeah. of a pen. That was good news. And that was really good news. Now now we're pounding on them to do it. Uh, we, we've sent several letters uh, to the, to the uh, uh, Homeland Security folks and, right. and others. So they could do this, and, and we're trying to keep the pressure on down here, again, from no political uh, you know, partisanship. But uh, it's something that, uh, that we really have to do because all states that depend on uh, visitors and this sort of temporary surge, at, particularly at this time of year, uh, uh, need the help because uh, the, the unemployment rate is, is dropping uh, everywhere. Well, that's it. it. And it's not just Maine. You're right. I mean, even in other states in New England, they've got similar issues um, as we have here. But, you know, I think you wonder that, that you know, we've got a, a focus on homeland security and that sort of thing, obviously, with the terrible events over in England yesterday. You know, you've you don't want this issue to be wrapped up in that whole discussion because this is sort of a separate economic issue that's really should be sort of cut out of that whole discussion. So hopefully the folks over in human, uh, Homeland Security are, are going to get our message on that. I think the other thing, and, and I certainly learned this when I was in Augusta almost, well, it is 20 years ago now, uh, the, the importance of this industry to the state. I think a lot of people sort of say, well, those are you know, part-time jobs and lower-paying jobs. But as you mentioned, the tourism em 
employs almost 100,000 people. It, it puts three or four billion dollars into our economy. It really is a, a, a part of, it's not the whole thing, but it's certainly an important part of our economy. No, I agree. And, you know, as you well know, too, is that historically, you know, we've been, we've been welcoming visitors since the 1850s, since as long as there's been tourism. And so we've got this long tail of heritage around this that we have a reputation for something special. And, you know, so it's one area of the overall economy that Maine can lead and does lead. So, you know, we need to, to work this whole and not sort of take a, a negative aspect toward, toward the industry, but instead try to nurture and grow it because so many people, as you point out, are employed in it. And, 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 the, and the impact goes far beyond simply restaurants and hotels. You start getting into all the farms and our whole food economy now that's becoming an attractor, bringing people here, both, both sea farming and, and land farming. As well as you know, we, we, we had a uh, we had a hiker up in uh, up in the Millinocket region this weekend. Did you hear about that? <laughs> I saw that. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, the founder of Facebook, uh, spent some time in Millinocket, uh, hiked around the area. Incredible! Uh, it was uh, it was really cool. That <laughs> that's not bad publicity. No, it's tremendous. And you know, I'm a big proponent of of trying to convert. I mean, we we there's still opportunities in the paper industry. There's new stuff that they're doing at the University of Maine. That's great. Long term, though. We've got to start to transition some of these other parts of the state to be able to embrace that. And I think his visit sort of highlights the, 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 the conundrum we're faced with in, in regions like Millinock and others. Well, a, a, a friend of mine had a really interesting observation some years ago that in some ways that Mount Desert Island uh, is, a, is an example of how it can all work together. You have high-tech research at Jackson Lab. You have uh, boat building and some very high high-end manufacturing, and you have a lot of tourism, and you put it together, and it's, uh, you know, a very, very prosperous place uh, with, uh, with good jobs. Another example, not in the U.S., is Switzerland. Uh, yep. High-tech manufacturing, good jobs, high incomes, and uh, a beautiful place that uh, people are willing to uh, pay to come to see, and certainly that's what Maine's got. Yeah, well, you make a great point about Mount Desert Island and, and how that can be a model that, you know, back when they built the Acadia way back in the early 20th century, there were people naysayers then, you know. So you see those types of things begin to, you know, breed other businesses and not just tourism-related businesses as you develop an area. Well, and we're having this discussion now about the uh, the new monument up, up uh, uh, the, the Katahdin Woods and Waters, and uh, my feeling is if it brings some positive energy and development and jobs to that region, nobody says it's a full solution, but uh, it's a part of it. That's what we have to keep focusing on is not one big solution, but a lot of, a lot of smaller ones that add up to good jobs. Uh, I think that's well said. That's exactly the way I view it, too. It's one piece of the mosaic, and we just can't put all our eggs in any one basket in this state. We have you know, too much pressure to, to improve the economy and, and, and the jobs and the lives of the people. So hopefully we can, we can, um, we can accomplish something there. And you know, as far as our own issue for you know, the H2B workers, uh, you know, Bar Harbor is one of those places that has, has an acute problem around this. So, you know, uh, so you're still hearing, work. I mean, this is, uh, this, this is still, I mean, the, the visa pro, uh, problem is still with us. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really bad, Senator, I'll tell you. You know, especially in places like Bar Harbor where, you know, you've got um, some of those hotels that are just now opening up. They're, they're short of, you know, 20 and 30 workers. And, you know, and I think that, um, you know, 
we were disadvantaged a little bit because a lot of the you mentioned that that 66,000 for the entire com- country and we employ almost 10 uh but we don't try to hire them until around may yeah. so a lot of the places that start early in the year get all the well the uh, whole the, this year the whole quota was used in march well there you go it was yeah. all it was all filled now one of the things we're asking the administration to do because apparently some people in some states uh put in for the visas but don't use them yeah. Uh, so what we're trying to get them to do is do an audit and say, okay, do you have some left over that haven't been uh, used that we could then uh, apply for? So, again, I, I've never seen an issue that is no. so uh, cross-partisan lines and actually both houses. We The latest letter we sent to the administration was from uh, House members as well as uh, senators. So uh, yeah. we're on it. Uh, uh, now the ball's in the court of uh, – of the administration, and hopefully they're going to uh, take some action that will help us, because uh, they, they could do it tomorrow, I think, as far as the rules are concerned. Well, that would be great. If they do it tomorrow, we'll start bringing people in in about three to six weeks, so every day kind of pushes it deeper into the season. So we'll we'll hope that action is taken and people come to their knowledge, understanding of this problem. Well, I can't let you go without asking for a prediction. How does it look for this for this year? I know you can't predict the weather, but uh, no. are bookings looking good? Are your, are booking, your booking. customers happy? Yeah, book, bookings are, are looking fairly strong. I, I, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic that, you know, we'll be able to handle all the people with the, with the staff that we have. It's going to be a lot of pressure on folks in certain places, but like I said earlier, the demand is, is still growing, and that's the the chief concern. Well, uh, we've, 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 I used to, I remember telling Dan Lewis when I brought him in as head of tourism, I said, you got a great product, man. You just got to sell it. Uh, it's one of the best in the, in the world. Uh, yeah. The other thing it, we, it really is funny about the weather. I remember learning that if the Boston weatherman would say it's going to be partly sunny instead of mostly cloudy, uh, we'd get about 10% more visitors from Massachusetts that weekend. So we gotta, we got uh, we got to work on those weathermen. got to work on the vernacular. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Hey, Steve, thanks very much, and thanks for what you're doing. Keep in touch with us, and uh, we'll keep working on this down here. Sounds good. Thanks very much. Yes, indeed. Today we're talking about an issue that's of grave concern to our visitor business, our tourism business in Maine, and it sounds sort of a government-y. It's about H-2B visas, which are the visas that allow people to come into our country temporarily to work in seasonal businesses, particularly seasonal businesses like the ones in Maine that have a huge upsurge of demand for workers uh, during the summer season. Uh, We're now talking to uh, the proprietors of the Pentagoet Inn, uh, Jack and Julie Burke, the best classic Maine inn in 2015, Pentagoet in Castine. And uh, Jack and Julie, thanks for for joining us. And I remember being with you not all that long ago. Yes, we do too, Senator King. We have fond memories of that. Well, tell me uh, what your situation is and, and sort of describe the business and, and, and the seasonal nature and the demand and how you go from how many employees to how many employees in the, when the season starts. The Pentagon Inn was built in 1894 for the steamship trade. It's the oldest continually running business in Castine. Uh, we have 16 rooms, a 48-seat restaurant, and a 16-seat bar. 
we run a seasonal business six months a year, really five months a year. When do you open? And then tell tell me about you know how many people you employ and how many are main people and how many temporary people do you need? D- describe that for me. Of course, we are opening today. Uh, from Congratulations! Memorial Day yes, thank you. Uh, thank you. Well, the hotel is opening. The restaurant is not. Uh, we uh, open up every year Memorial Day. We like to open up for the entire month of May. Um, but without our restaurant, um, we cannot. We cannot. Op- we don't open the hotel because there aren't enough places to eat locally. Um, people are disappointed, and you know, don't uh, don't have a good experience. So, we have uh, approximately 25 employees um, throughout our season, and of that 25, five of them are H2B workers. Uh, we hire cooks and housekeepers uh, through. Uh, the HGB program. And now, the, what happens if you can't get them? Well, right now, um, Senator King, we ha- we have closed our restaurant. We are hoping uh, very, very much that Homeland Security will release the additional visas that have been approved uh, quickly, so that we could get our staff in by the beginning of July to save our season. So you've had to close the restaurant. You can't open the restaurant at all because yeah. of the lack of these uh, additional workers. And does that, doesn't that result in the loss of jobs for Maine folks? Yes, it does. What ends up happening then is we will probably then, and, and it, it, it breaks our heart because, you know, we have local people who come and work for us every summer and they depend on us. And we would probably have to lay off seven or eight people. Um, and then the people that we are able to keep on, um, they would have diminished hours and wages. Um, obviously, being a restaurant, um, our wait staff makes um, uh, a good salary uh, with tips. And, you know, those are people who come back every year. So so th- that that's one of the important points, because as I talk about this issue, people say, you just want to bring in foreign workers and you're going to replace American workers. But in reality, without these visa workers, you can't hire the American workers. I mean, that's exactly what you're experiencing. Is that right? That's right. And we need a certain number of people to make our property, um, to bring it up to the kind of standards that we we feel we need to offer as a hospitality um, destination. And the the situation is, particularly in your region along the coast, that during the summer everybody's opening up restaurants and and uh, lobster shacks and motels and hotels. So the demand for people simply out outstrips the local supply. Is that uh, it has that's been, the reality? It has been, well, what what we're seeing um, in Castine and on the the entire Blue Hill Peninsula is that businesses are cutting back on their services, they're cutting back on their hours, they're cutting back on what they can offer people because they don't have enough staff to provide the kind of services they need. Our big problem is since February we've had, you know, we've been advertising, so for the last three months we've had only one person apply apply for this job. Now, that person, when we tell them that we can't, we don't know when we're going to open, we can't plan for things under this under this system. So if if this person was to wait till July, which which they already have not, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is our our, our seasonal 
our employment is seasonal, and people want full full time work. So if if they have to wait till July to find out if our restaurant is open, meanwhile they've given up several jobs. Also, with our restaurant closed now, we've had to make certain plans. We've had to cancel one wedding. Now a wedding can be anywhere from twenty five to fifty thousand dollars. That's very good business for us. We also have lost reservations just for this weekend alone because, of course, you have to notify people that your restaurant is not open, and a lot of people come for our restaurant. It's a destination. So the problem happens is that they cancel more rooms. Well, the good news down here is that we've finally seen some action on this, and it's it's one of those issues which is entirely nonpartisan. I introduced the bill along with Tom Tillis of of uh, of North Carolina, a, a Republican, and we've had support uh, from around the country. And in fact, a provision we got a provision in the appropriations bill. Uh, Senator Collins, I think, was a key person on that 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 allowed the Department of Homeland Security to reallocate the the uh, visas that haven't been used. So now it's just a question of the administration doing the paperwork. They they it's in there. The ball is in their court. If we could find people local, it would make no sense for us to hire foreign staff. I'll, I'll just give you a quick outline of the expenses. Uh, for processing fees, and this is money we've already spent, $3,600. For agents fees, $3,400. Now, for rental housing, which we have to commit like every other person, you know, in advance and sign a, um, a lease agreement, that is $1,200 a month, which comes to 14400 Now, if we are approved, then, of course, you add on plane tickets, that's $2,500. Now we're talking $24,000 we spent before anyone arrives. Just to get the worker through the door. That's correct. And that's an indication of that if you could do it with local people, you certainly would, because that would be an expense you wouldn't have to have. Yes, we would definitely have... We, every year we make a very concerted effort to hire local. Our problem here is Castine is demographically challenged. It's unique. It's a retirement community. In the winter, we may have 400 people. At our town meeting, Senator King, we had 37 people show up. That's it. In the summer, we may swell to 1,500, but these are uh, grandfathers, grandmothers. The kids aren't coming here. They may come here for one or two weeks, and then our students, they have to leave by the first week of August, and they don't come here till late either. Well, that, yeah, that's one of the issues. The students, you, you can't count on the students because the schedule of, of schools now is, for some reason, I, I remember starting college in mid-September. Now it's mid-August, and that certainly mm-hmm. plays havoc with uh, people like yourself trying to hire students. It really does because the bulk, the bulk of our mortgage maker is in the fall. And that's when you really need them, when all those students disappear. Now, one of the things we've proposed down here is allowing people who have had these visas in the past to come back uh, without counting against the quota. And I guess I should have said at the beginning, the way this all works is there's a national quota. There's a fixed number, 66,000. And once that number is, is used up, then a business that hasn't uh, hired their people yet is out of luck. And... Uh, but what we one of the things Tom Tillis and I have worked on is if you've had somebody before, they can come back and not count against the quota. I presume that would help you if we could get that through. Yes, and they have done that every year uh, in recent years, uh, Senator King, except for this year. And one of the problems we face in Maine is that our season starts later than the southern states. 
So those people, because you can only apply a certain, I believe it's only 90 days before your open date uh, with the federal programs. So the main businesses are hurt because the cap is already filled because we have the later start date. Yeah, the, the, uh, I, I think the quota this year was filled in, like, March. Uh, and, yeah. and and so you're, you're sort of it's sort of a catch-22. Uh, you, you can't start that soon, and the quota's filled for other parts of the country. And Maine's That's out right. of luck. That's right. Well, let me change the subject to a more pleasant one. How does the summer look? How is your how's your booking? Well, tourism on the state of Maine is booming. Um, we are we our bookings look very very good as well. Um, we we, uh, we we are trying to you know this is our uh, 18th season and we are we are looking to have a good year but but we do need to have our restaurant open and and I have to jump in here because if we get a call today for a wedding let's say for the July 4th or, or around there we can't uh, we can't give someone a quote we can't say yes and then not have the help and have to go back to the wedding people and cancel. So it, it's the planning part that makes it really difficult for us. And it's compounded by the fact that our season is so short. It is. And that's, that's, that's the curse. Uh, Maine is a seasonal, well, I, I shouldn't say a seasonal <laughs> state, but in our, in, our, in our business it's very seasonal. And July and August are imperative. Even if they were to okay this, we may not get them by July 4th. Actually, a few few years ago, we didn't get our staff until July 3rd. So by the time they hit the tarmac, they're not trained. Um, they're right into a, a very busy season. And this is where you make mistakes. And, and Senator King, uh, people, people do not tolerate um, bad service, you know, or, or inconsistency. This is our, our, our business is one of, of, of consistency. And we need we need these H two Bs, um, and we need our local staff in order to in order to make sure that well, happens. I know I know what you're talking about. My, when I was in business, I used to say one dissatisfied customer cancels out the goodwill of ten happy customers. It does because that one Very dissatisfied so. customer is going to tell everyone everyone they know. Uh, well, I got to tell you, we've we've written a letter to DHS. Uh, we're pushing them, process, get them to, getting them to process the applications. We're doing everything we can, um, but uh, I, I just think it's important that that people understand how important this is to Maine. And, and you're you're one example, but uh, I could probably be talking to 50 businesses this morning or more along the Maine coast. I, I heard from the innkeepers and the hotel people. Uh, Mr. Hewen said, you know, this is a problem throughout the state of Maine, and it's going to really hurt us, and it's going to hurt Maine people's jobs. That's, that's the important yeah, that's point right. here. That's, that's right. That's a very important point. Without these people, I can't employ as many of the others. Uh, that's, 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 a real, that's a real sticking point. Well, I, all I can tell you is we're working on it. Uh, we're trying to push the bureaucracy, and uh, you've got plenty of people down here who are, who are wor- working. I know the whole Maine delegation, uh, Senator Collins and I, uh, are all on this. Uh, and uh, hopefully, <laughs> I, I was about to say help is on the way, but I work for the government, so maybe that doesn't <laughs> ring very well. But uh, uh, we're, we're certainly on it, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Hope to see you this summer. You've got a beautiful, beautiful place up there. And, of course, 
uh, Castine is a is a real gem, and I want to thank you for the contribution you've made to the community over the years. Well, well thank you very much, Senator King. We're 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 very grateful. We we really appreciate your efforts. It's uh, it means a lot to us. Thank you, Senator King. We really appreciate all you've done for this effort for us this year. Thanks, Julie. I'm glad you mentioned the staff because they've been great on this, and uh, that's what you hired us for. Thanks, guys. Have have a great year, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you along the way this summer. I hope so. Thank you I so much. So. Yep. Bye bye. Thank you, Senator King. Thanks for being with us on Inside Maine. This is a tough issue, and it's an important one for Maine. And the important thing for me is that we're talking about preserving Maine jobs by bringing in the temporary help that allows us to keep our restaurants, hotels, motels, and tourism businesses rolling. Uh, this is a big deal for people all along the Maine coast and inland, and we're doing everything we can down here to make it work. Thanks again for being with us. Talk to you later.